Welcome to Sportsman of Colorado, Colorado's premier outdoor radio show heard every Saturday afternoon on KLZ 560 with insights on hunting, fishing, archery, guns, and ammo from Colorado's top outfitters featuring the industry's leading experts on how to enhance your experience in the great outdoors. Now, here's your host, Scott Watley. Welcome to Sportsman of Colorado. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hope everyone is starting a great Saturday off and uh, with your weekend. Now, just a reminder, if you miss our live show here on Saturdays from 1 to 2, you can catch us twice on Sundays. And that's from 8 to 9 a.m. And once again in the evening from 7 to 8 p.m. So hopefully one of those three times you'll be able to catch our show. We've also got an app now for KLZ, and you can download that and listen to it right on your device. Uh, live uh, and we would love to have you join us there we're going to kick things off today with colorado parks and wildlife and our good friend dan prinslow director of cpw so dan good morning how are you good morning scott uh doing fantastic so, well that's you know, great another another fall too dry but uh, another fall nice day yes sir absolutely well, hey, we're going to touch on a few things, but, you know, I was kind of uh, thinking about when I first had you on, boy, you just had this thing just a few weeks, and by my calculations, you've been at about 18 months, so uh, just wondering what this last 18 months has been different for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think well, at least last six to nine months have been pretty different for all of us. Man, uh, no doubt. And uh, I can't, you know, I, I think in a lot of good ways, I'm pretty sure everybody wants to see the end of 2020. Sure. And, uh, and the uh, I don't think I'm exactly different. So um, first six months or so uh, were, were exciting. And uh, maybe I'd use the word uh, even fun for director and getting around and talking to people and hearing their issues and, and uh, trying to work on policies and just trying to improve or implement things that uh, would be best for our, you know, parks and wildlife constituents. And that, that's a lot of fun. And then, uh, and then the world of COVID hit. Yeah. And so, which I'll talk about, um, you know, people are tired kind of talking about it, but at the end of the day we had, uh, you know, we made a, uh, an internal decision. We understood we had support all the way up to the governor that, uh, you know, people, keeping people outside for their mental and physical health was a good thing mm -hmm. and they needed alternatives. And then, you know, obviously can't go to a restaurant or, you know, go get the haircut or go to the bar or whatever they want to do. That was very difficult. And so we worked really, really hard at staying open and that's not just a platitude. I mean, we had Scott, if you saw some of the emails I saw that were threatening that I was going to, you know, um, be the demise to all the grandchildren in the world. I imagine. If I didn't close every park or if I didn't close every boat ramp or if I didn't close state wildlife areas and camping. And um, it was pretty, pretty um, kind of sickening on how uh, people would pressure that. And yep. and then occasionally people would uh, send me a note saying, if you close anything, I'm, I'm going to, you know, not be physically healthy because that's all I've got. <laughs> right. and so there was a lot of, right. there was a lot of a, pressure to do um one or the not. other right yeah. so yeah that's right and so that's okay we so we uh we kind of instituted a managed to yes philosophy while keeping our customers and our staff safe and so we're still under that we're trying to figure out a way to do it not a way not to do it and uh, a lot of uh, agencies and a lot of companies um you know they were good at no. Uh, we yeah. were trying to figure out a way to yes. So we're still in that mode. We're proud of that. We had about between 
you know, a 30 to 50 percent increase in use across whether it's parks or wildlife hunting, fishing, you know, or fishing licenses or 100,000, you know, plus up for the year. Some of that is a state wildlife area access thing I can talk about it, but most of that is COVID and people wanting to get outside. And so there, and there's mostly that's fantastic. We've obviously seen crowds around the state too that uh, sure. on trailheads and at fishing spots. And, and we understand that that's a, um, you know, an issue right now. And so we're going to start thinking about how to grow capacity and, you know, grow opportunity. But that's, that's a coming, like I said, never a dull moment when you're, you know, when you're in a dynamic situation. So that's kind of short and sweet of COVID. Like I said, managing the yes. We're going to stay open. Um, we obviously got, you know, we're in the mostly, you know, through half halfway or so through hunting season. And uh, other than the fires, which I'm glad we can talk about, um, sure. you know, COVID didn't really stop uh, a ton of people from hunting and fishing and uh, recreation on our parks. Absolutely. Dan Prinslow is our guest, once again, director here for Colorado Parks and Wildlife. And, uh, Dan, we appreciate your time this morning. So, you know, let's touch on the fires real quick. I mean, wow. Well, we had some massive, massive acreage that burned up, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, no no question about it. And, you know, we we always have some in a, in a drought year. I'm sure this was a significant drought year, but it's pretty rare when you have them this late. In the you know in the summer and fall and no moisture to to dampen them down or or very little moisture to dampen them down that that was obviously the significant part of the troublesome fire I don't think they've ever seen fire behavior I've heard somewhere don't know if it's true exactly but it was burning like six thousand acres an hour yeah yeah and uh, um, that just kind of unheard of and you know uh, you know whatever it was a hundred thousand acres in a day. Um, just as unheard of, you know, you, you see the 20 or 30,000 acres a day when they make big runs, but nothing like that. And so obviously really dry. We, we did lose some animals. We've got, in fact, I'm going to give an update to the commission next week and looking forward to seeing some of the graphics of how, you know, like collared animals, elk or deer that we had moved out of the way, but not when you move that far and that fast, we, mm-hmm. we had some wildlife impact and, and, and maybe even I don't know about more important, but more significantly, we had a hunter impact. Um, you know, was right at the beginning of, right in front of second season, and we had lots of discussion with our federal partners, with the Forest Service and BLM, about what needed to be closed and what could remain open. And obviously, wanted to be cognizant of human health and safety. And um, but we, you know, had to. We had to have some, you know, pretty in-depth discussion with our federal partners about, well, we're thinking that's a little too significant of a closure because you're going to impact people that, uh, you know, not necessarily with fire, and there's sure. a lot of fear about new fires. So, so we had lots of discussions. We were, we were, uh, you know, we had good, we had good relationship with our with our federal partners, and so not everything was exactly I'd see it, and I'm pretty sure not exactly like they wanted it, and but we. Had to close some areas, and then that troublesome fire, you know, blew up and had to close some more, but then we opened some back. And so we impacted, um, I think, about 30,000 people with licenses in that northeast, north-central part of Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, we we, uh, we feel terrible about that, but don't know really what else we could do, and we don't, we don't control the land use either. And so what we can do about that, though, and what we have done, Scott, is we've, we've been very um, 
uh, liberal in our return policy. Yep. And even, you know, I'll give you an example, even if people had some like over the counter licenses, but didn't know where else to go, you know, so legally they could have gone somewhere else, but, uh, you know, if they don't really know where they're going or where they're camping, we, we, we try to be pretty, uh, soft, mm-hmm. soft gloved on that and, and returning, we'd rather have our, you know, wonderful hunters and fishermen and, and recreation users in the long run, not, you know, not a, short run squabble and so but there you know we still have some issues and you know if people hunted we really can't give your license you know money back and so sure. yeah, we, we worked through that but we've like i said we worked real hard and i just would really give a shout out to staff because they're they work real hard and we understand the frustration you know when you get halfway here and there you're going to hunt is closed right so right. um my, my hat's off to you for you know the the sportsmen and women that had to adjust and and uh, and actually I appreciate I didn't have one million calls on my phone call that it was all my you know personal fault. So <laughs> I just tell you we were working you know really hard to do the best we could in trying situations. No different back to that discussion with COVID. Yeah. But, uh, some things we can control and some things we're not in charge of. Sure, absolutely. No, and I, and I heard a lot of good compliments on that. Of, you know, you guys being very flexible with tags, and, uh, you know, I know that was much appreciated. And like I say, good night. It's not your goal to uh, keep people from hunting, you know, or keep them from, nope. I mean, well, we want to get them out there. So, Yeah, we want them out there. It's fantastic recreation, fills the freezer, and that's how we manage. That's how we manage wildlife. Yes. And, uh, so we really appreciate our partnership with our sportsmen and women on that. Absolutely. All right, man. One word, wolves. Um, boy, I tell you, I've never seen something that was uh, so fired up again on either end, kind of like the COVID thing, uh, those for and against, and that Proposition 114 uh, narrowly passed. And uh, um, so, you know, I realize it's just weeks old here, but just um, enlighten us as much as you can on really what that means and, and just take that wherever you would like, sir. Yeah, uh, you bet. And obviously, I can't can't disagree. It's a it's a charged issue. It'll be charged in the future. It's charged in the past. I, I'm not. You know, I, I probably should know the answer, but the best I know, it's still not a certified, uh, you know, completely counted issue. But my understanding is the, you know, the the opponents have have. Uh, Conceded, but I, you know my numbers that I've heard. I think last was it was fifty point six versus forty nine point four. So yeah. um, pretty sure you can't have a close. It's not close enough for an automatic recount. So you know if, uh, if people wanted to recount, they'd have to pay uh, for a recount. So at least I've not heard of that. But I'm not. I'm out of the political realm of that. That's not my job. My mm-hmm. my job uh, once. That past is to uh, implement the new rule, and the new rule is to, you know, do a planning session and discuss and 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 figure out the best way to uh, move wolves onto the landscape over the next, uh, you know, three plus years. And so that's what we're going to do. And and I can tell you one thing, regardless of of position, um, and I'm not naive whatsoever but um you know colorado parks and wildlife has a long long history of of uh restoration of animals i can list the list i can talk about elk i could talk about antelope i could talk about turkeys i could talk about lynx i could talk about river otters i could talk about greenback cutthroat trouts i can talk about all kinds of different whether it's t and e or huntable uh, fishable species that 
you know, Colorado Parks and Wildlife, that's on the landscape because of what we and the professionals in this agency and our supporters do. And so I don't really see it any different than wolves that we need to now transition because that's the vote of the people and we're going to do it and we're going to do it well. And we're going to do our best to make sure that we can manage and, and reintroduce or introduce or restore whatever word people want to use uh, on the landscape uh, wolves so uh, we can have a, um, you know, a thriving population of wolves that is not, you know, putting people out of business or causing, you know, significant land use issues or, you know, people issues. Uh, and uh, that's going to be our job. And it's, and is, that's the statute uh, or uh, that just got passed. The Parks and Wildlife Commission will have a role. So, so we're going to talk about that again early uh, next week at the commission meeting and just kind of start that discussion and uh, um, obviously talking to a lot of people around the state already, or at least they're calling me and probably calling you, Scott, yeah. and uh, <laughs> talking about uh, their opinions on, on how to do that and not how to do that. And so that's our, our role is to figure that out. And I think we'll, we'll have a, you know, we'll have a very open public process in that and, and a healthy, healthy, I'd like to have a healthy discussion, not a, not a destructive discussion mm-hmm. um, because it is, you know, it is, a, as you can see, it's, you know, a lot of the land is, is for us to do it, but, um, you know, about 50 people, 50% of the people are happy about it and 50% not so much. And, and uh, you know, we understand that ourselves. Sure. Once again, if you're just joining us, Dan Prinslow is our guest, director of Colorado Parks and Wildlife. And um, so let's look at maybe how the draw went this year. And we had this something new this year, the secondary draw. Um, uh, I, I know I didn't hear, you know, really anything about computers crashing or anything like that, which had happened in the past. So uh, from your side, um, how do you guys feel like that this draw went this year? Yeah, uh, knock on wood, I hope we never have a crash again. Um, at least the system itself, I think. You know, which we're we're real happy about has been debugged. Doesn't mean you can't have a computer uh, glitch or a telephone glitch. And but like I said, knock on wood, we try not to have those at all anymore. But uh, the secondary draw, well, originally the primary draw and leftovers all went out without a hitch, and then the secondary draw was brand new. Um, and I, I hear a lot of good news about it. I think people liked how it was just kind of, you know, black and white for no better term. So mm-hmm. they, can, they could put in and, and, and draw and was not confusion that which, you know, that there's a, it's a secondary draw like in the past and, you know, there, and there was for elk, but wasn't for antelope, et cetera, et cetera. So um, it's, it's just that secondary draw. So we're going to deconstruct some of that, um, get some of the numbers, um, but uh, and I know that's really kind of high level, Scott. Maybe, maybe you know, come back on or or have uh, sure. uh, you know our people that have a lot more detail on that that can can deconstruct can deconstruct that or okay. or can explain that better than I can. But I, I I do know, like I said, no glitches. I think most people are real happy that they had a you know had a primary chance, and then they could have another. Everybody had an opportunity, you know, and the same opportunity on that second chance, and so. We, we think it's a better way to do it, um, and uh, we'll just see how that worked 
and uh, look at that ourselves, and we're going to talk about that with, in front of the commission, too. Right. And there's a lot of extra bear tags this year. And, man, I'm telling you, I don't know if I've ever seen a year where, you know, there were more bears uh, taken. I mean, boy, I don't know what the numbers will end up being, but just, man, it seemed like Facebook was full of, of bear harvest this year. Yeah, I think we, uh, which, you know, as far as I'm concerned, is good. That was our intent. We, we really are um, overpopulated in bears across the state, and, and we had a drought. Um, and uh, the good news is, even though as bad as the drought was, we, our populations, uh, we didn't have the significant problems, significant, I'll put that in quotes, around the state that you can in drought years. And that's, quite frankly, because we've been balancing the number of bears across the state to, for their habitat and for the amount of people that we have on this landscape. And so um, you can't have a, you know, an unlimited number of bears with the amount of people we have and the, the amount of, of uh, habitat destruction, quite frankly, whether it's whatever it is, you know, people in the landscape or houses. I'm not, I'm not trying to pick winners and losers, but bears sure. are, you know, highly mobile and they get into trash, and, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And so, so we're working hard at balancing that. That was why one of the reasons the commission took the action that it did was to to continue to have that bear population uh, in balance with what we can provide and what's good for bears and good for people in the state of Colorado. So um, it also, I think, in a drought year, and then it was so dry, at least what I saw in the landscape, that uh, we didn't have any more bears, but they were accessible. Um, they They were out there and foraging we we had a pretty good forage year but they also needed to you know they need to get a drink and then you got to travel to go get to water because there wasn't i don't think it rained in two months in half of the state so exactly. it's kind of hard to get a drink in a in a you know in a little shallow pond they had to go to the actual pond you know, sure. uh, to get a drink so so i think that you know makes uh animals move around when they've got to forage and, and get water etc i think that's quite frankly, what you saw. But, um, yeah, we're, I don't have the numbers, but um, anecdotally, for sure, we're, we're up on bear harvest, and that was, again, the intent. Uh, so we're happy about that. Well, I was, too, because I got to put a tag on one in September over in Meeker, so it worked out good for me there as well. There you go. Good, good for you. <laughs> and moose. Uh, I hunted Meeker yeah. archery. I oh, saw, did you? I saw more bears this year than I have in my whole lifetime. Now. No, that's what I mean. And yeah. I, again, yeah, a lot of bears on the landscape, and they're moving around, and and uh, so, yeah, good for you, Scott. Yeah, thank you, sir. And uh, moose, too. Uh, you know, you guys kind of did some things a little bit different with moose and uh, saw, you know, there was some great harvest with some moose here in the state. I've seen a couple of nice pictures, but yeah. uh, I've been unfortunate enough to not draw a tag yet. So I, I didn't know what that's like. <laughs> but I, I did draw a um, nanny mountain goat tag this year and 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 was uh, successful in harvesting uh, a mountain goat for, you know, probably the first time. Well, it is the first time and probably the last time I'll hunt mountain goat in the state to give somebody else an opportunity. But that was a what a what a joyous time to get out in Colorado and you know being up in high country and you know kind of mostly enjoy it to yourself. And you know, summers is pretty packed with uh, people that aren't hunting. But uh, you know, you get out there in late September and October and and uh, to be able to enjoy our what Colorado has to offer, what a blessing! Absolutely. And then, real quick, uh, anything on the chronic wasting disease and all the testing that you guys have you've seen this year? Um, any input or any comment on that? 
Um, yeah, I have a comment. I, again, no, no real specifics. I have seen an email in the last couple of days, of, and I uh, don't quote me because I don't remember the numbers, but two or three units that are brand new, those those come to my email because we've never had a case in those units. Mm-hmm. And I think those kind of around the state were. And I think they were mostly west because last year, if you remember, we had mandatory testing on the east slope. Uh, of Colorado for deer, and we're just trying to really get an assessment of where we're at on the east slope. And then this year was mandatory on the west slope, uh, again, trying to get a real good spot check on just where we're at. And so, and we understand that's a, you know, I mean, we, you know, if it's mandatory, we we waive the fee, but we understand that that's, a, uh, you know, not easy to go take your animal to a tester and it takes additional time, but we really do appreciate our sportsmen and women that actually do that and follow that because we really, um, you know, you, you want to manage with science first, right? And, right. And we really need to know what's going on. And it's, you know, chronic wasting disease is hard enough to manage because there's no, there's no silver bullet. Um, but we do believe just, uh, just allowing it to go its own is not an effective management strategy. And so, so you need numbers to go do that, and, and so, again, appreciate the partnership. And, again, I've seen several new units that didn't have it before. So um, does that mean it's spreading? I can't answer that. It does mean that we're testing it kind of like COVID, right? I, I, I mean, it's for sure spreading now, but when you test more, you find more. And that's where we're at with chronic poison disease, at least at some level. But every time we test at a broad scale, then we have, you know, we'll have a good baseline. And so we can show that we're either – increasing or decreasing or, you know, staying stable, and that's our goal. Right. And then our last uh, kind of topic here, you're kind of your regional partnerships. I know th- this year, I guess it didn't happen, but the year before that, I went to the, the deal you guys had in Breckenridge where, you know, a whole lot of partners come there and you guys all work together. But um, who are some of your really your real good regional partnerships that CPW works with? Well, we've had, and thank, thanks for asking that, and I've got a kind of two-stage answer to that, Scott. So we've, in our statewide partnership and our coordinator, Dan Zimmer, has done just a fantastic job, but we had to pull it off, you know, kind of after the fact. I don't know if that's the right word, but, you know, we planned on meeting in person, and then and COVID hit in March and April. Sure. We were going to meet in April. So it was so early that, you know, we kept extending to see if we would, could actually have a meeting and well eventually found out no way you could do that and so so we just did the best we could and then this year we made the decision a lot earlier that we just you know even with vaccines coming out and et cetera et cetera we just think and and we're talking about 750 people i'm pretty sure that's just not going to happen in april um and so we're just gone to a virtual uh setting and and just trying to keep that momentum up of just you know the broad breadth would be how I say of uh, the impact of Colorado Parks and Wildlife around the state and that you just don't have to be just a hunter, angler, or a park user for us to to have some impact that are, you know, hopefully good but mm-hmm. on you. I mean, we're we try and keep open spaces open. We're uh, keep wildlife on the landscape, you know, obviously have a role in recreation, not just on parks but, you know, snowmobile registration OHV registration you know, and then work on trails, et cetera. So that partnership thing is just a fantastic. So just to make sure lines of communication are open with all of our partners. So that's, we're going to do that virtually again, and we're excited about that. And the second part of that answer was um, if you just uh, a couple a week ago when we opened up Fisher's Peak State Park, which will, 
it'll be a new, the newest 42nd State Park, but it will also be the southern part will be managed more as a wildlife area and, and okay. hunting, et cetera. But um, at that uh, ribbon cutting with the governor, uh, the governor announced a, what I call a regional partnership and with the Colorado Outdoor Partnership Group that, that uh, was uh, created by my predecessor, Bob Roshide. And it's really kind of, uh, kind of who's who in Colorado about conservation and recreation mm-hmm. groups. And so what we're seeing in Colorado, no surprise, we've talked about this, Scott, briefly, is that it's a good thing, but it's a managed thing we have to manage. We've got so many people on the landscape, so many visitors, only so much capacity that we're having some you know, we're having some conflict around there, whether it's trailheads or people with search and rescue or, um, you know, just not enough, you know, not enough hunting license to go around at certain species, et cetera. And, uh, you know, conflicts with trail versus people that want no trails and sure. all that kind of thing. And so we're creating a new process. Um, no other Western state, no other state, I don't believe, is ahead of this issue. And and the, the long and the short of it is trying to create um, local what I would call kind of stakeholder processes, local groups that will roll up to a, a, a statewide vision on a, on a statewide kind of conservation and a statewide recreation plan. So we can just make hopefully really good decisions into the future. I wish we had that 20 years ago, you know, um, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day that we can make real good decisions on how to balance, how to preserve the best wildlife habitat, whether it's on private land or federal land or state land, and also where to recreate, where it's not impacting wildlife as hard, but, you know, and then when we make a decision to have whatever it is, a trail or, a um, you know, a trailhead or, a, a, you know, an open space or whatever, that we can, you know, manage those to the best of their ability, too. So so we can just balance that recreation and conservation as best we can. And right now it's kind of happening willy-nilly, and we're trying to really work on, and that's no slide to anybody, but one community is not talking to the other community, and, and, um, you know, I think on, even on federal uh, ground, you know, one part of the forest is different than the other. So we're, we're just trying to figure out a process that we can really improve that. So we're working on that, and the governor's been helpful on that. Uh, and so we're just sinking our teeth into that. So we're glad to talk more about that. Well, also. good. Well, and boy, I hate to see our International Sportsman's Expo canceled this uh, January. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's Breaks kinda, my heart. Uh, no. Breaks my heart. Man, I'll tell you what. This has been um, the most unbelievable uh, nine, ten months that seemed like nine or ten years I think we've ever experienced. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, that's probably an understatement, and I'm not quite sure we're done yet. I know. I agree. Well, Dan, hey, man, I appreciate it. I appreciate you taking time on the weekend to be with us. And, um, yeah, anything comes up, as I've always told you, you guys are welcome. Anything we need to know and let our listeners know. And uh, we'll continue to see what we can do to uh, just enjoy our great state and all the hunting and fishing out there and um, enjoy it. So, man, we appreciate your time. Scott, I appreciate appreciate what you do. And, again, thanks for having me on. And just, you know, have a wonderful weekend. And enjoy the fall. Uh, get out some more. Right. we still got still have lots of hunting hunting season going on and and enjoy it and be safe absolutely well thank you very much and you as well that's dan prinslow director of colorado parks and wildlife you're listening to sportsman of colorado we got to take a short break we'll be back with more right after this hi this is scott watley for my friends at lone tree veterinary medical center and not just my friends but truly the staff at lone tree feels like part of our family since 2002 they have provided the very best care for our pets 
What we love about Lone Tree Vet is the services they provide covers all of our needs, from preventative care, dentistry, pain management, cardiology, dermatology, and eye care, as well as emergency and critical care. They also offer veterinary surgery and orthopedic care. And when you need to get away, they have a fantastic boarding lodge and a cat boarding lodge that is amazing. If your pet gets to go along, they can even assist you with your travel health certificates. And when your dog needs a little extra instruction, check out the K9 Academy. They helped us so much when we got a new puppy last year. And then, of course, there is a spectacular grooming salon that you and your pet will love. All of this and more at Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center. Oh, and check out the blogs to help you become a better parent at LoneTreeVet.com. At Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center, they believe that all pets deserve to have a good life. Call 303-708-8050. That's 303-708-8050. It's just one stop and all the care you need. Hi, Jack Corgan for Len Lyle Chevrolet. Len Lyle Chevrolet is open and safe. It's truck month, and they have the best deals of the year on all trucks and SUVs, like up to 10000 off on half-ton Silverados. Or come check out the all-new Tahoes and Suburbans for 2021. Len Lyle has been there for 35 years, and low overhead really does mean low prices. Check them out on the web, lenlylechevy.com. Go east and pay the least. Chevy. Find new roads. This is Scott Watley for my friends at Phoenix Weaponry. Phoenix Weaponry is proud to announce their new 10,000 square foot facility is now open in Berthard, Colorado, located at 504 North 2nd Street. With this expansion, Phoenix Weaponry offers a new retail area and expanded gunsmithing in Duracote and Cerakote areas. Family-owned and operated, Phoenix Weaponry offers the finest in competition, hunting, and long-range precision firearms. Also, suppressors from 22 long rifle to 50 caliber for rifles, pistols, and shotguns. Phoenix Weaponry also offers gunsmithing services and restoration repairs from antique to modern firearms. Building your firearm dreams into reality. That's Phoenix Weaponry. Call them now, 720-340-2496, or visit them at phoenixweaponry.com. Rush to Reason with John Rush, weekdays from 3 to 7 on KLZ 560. Welcome back to Sportsman of Colorado. Thank you so much for being with us today. We're going to go to the phones now and talk to our good friend, Alan Schaffner, Lone Star Hunts, the premier destination for hog hunting in the state of Texas, and in my opinion, anywhere in the United States. I tell you, one of our favorite hunts each year. Alan, how are you, sir? Doing good, Scott. How are you doing up there in Colorado? Man, I'm doing great, but I was shedding a few tears that I wasn't down there recently with my good friend Aaron Casey from Phoenix Weaponry. I know he brought a crew down there, and we can talk about that in a minute, but, boy, they had a good time down there. Well, we did. We sure got in a lot of pigs, and just Aaron brought some, some fully auto guns down and, and, um, and built us a couple guns, and we just had a blast. Yeah, I'm telling you. And, uh, you know, we were just kind of talking before we came on air here, but Phoenix Weaponry and Aaron Casey, again, they're located up in Berthet, and uh, they make precision firearms. And, uh, Alan, you were just telling me um, you guys have been quite impressed, and we've been talking about this for a year or two, but it came to uh, fruition here this last weekend where you guys got to put your hands on some of his weapons he makes. 
Yes, and I mean, I just blown away. I had seen his quality, but had never got to really shoot one of his guns. And, and, and he built he built two for us, custom. They've even got graves in there, Lone Star hunts on them. And, I mean, they shoot just, I mean, uh, just like Cadillac. Yeah. Maybe, but maybe like you said, well, no, maybe a Ferrari. Ferrari. But, yeah. I mean, they are slick. I mean, and, and uh, precision. I just, I just, I just blown away with them. Yeah, they are absolutely great firearms. Lone Star Hunts, you can check them out at LoneStarHunts.com. And um, this year's ISE, International Sportsman's Expo, has been canceled, so Alan then won't be coming up this year. But uh, we've got a few openings. Uh, Alan, you were telling me, uh, you know, after the first of the year, if those that are interested in a, a good hog hunt to come up there and hunt with you, you got a few openings. Yeah, we can. We can. We got really got two options now. We're going into the thermal nighttime hunting. Or we can do the daytime hunting when you go into our hog hunting area, and uh, during the daytime, so it, it, it we're awful more versatile now than what we were in the past. And uh, I'll guarantee you, you're going to get out there and you're going to see pigs, and it's up to you to shoot them. <laughs> Absolutely, and you know that is something we've talked about when you talk about you know unlimited pigs, and a lot of places advertise that. And Aaron's the first one to tell you a couple of years ago, um, you know. He went with some fellows somewhere else in Texas there, and um, among 10 guys, you know, they ended up seeing two hogs. Well, Aaron told me, he said, man, we got into them one night there at Lone Star Hunts. He said there had to be two, 300 pigs. He said there were pigs everywhere. I, I, it's probably the, the uh, perfect storm on the pigs because I, I don't know if I've seen that many pigs in one, you know, <laughs> one area before. I mean, it was just, it, it was phenomenal. Wow. And and they got after it, and they we had a big. By the time we got through, we had a big old pile of pigs. Right <laughs> uh, after they shot, it was, it was pretty cool. Absolutely. So let's kind of explain the packages a little bit. And and here's one thing that you know you guys are kind of getting into now, designing kind of a custom hunt. So if somebody wants to come there and you know hunt a couple of days, do the thermal hunt, stay in your ranch house where you provide the meals, all that. We've got that available and now. You're even providing the guns, and um, you know so kind of. Give us a breakdown a little bit of your packages, but as you listen to this, please understand Alan will work with you if you call him and uh, build you kind of a custom package. But let's go through your packages a little bit. Well, we're going, let's talk about our standard package right to begin with, what we've done for over 15, almost 20 years now on our hog hunt. You come in, you hunt two days with three nights lodging, and that's a daytime hunt. And on that hunt, you're going to bring your own gun. Because the only way we only way we're going to furnish the guns is if if we're shooting thermals going out at night and you don't have the thermal and that's something that you want to do. But our our two day hunt each well each even the the thermal is going to be a two night hunt. Right. It will take you out and and you'll go hunting two nights and uh, you can you know you go out uh, shortly after dark on the thermals and you just drive around the countryside looking you know looking with a mono binocular, not a binocular, a mononocular, I guess, and, and scouting scour the area. And then, because you can pull up on these pigs and get within 50 yards of them in the dark. Yeah, That's the cool thing about it. You get set up if you're pretty quiet and, you know, you don't bother them. But um, so that's how we'll do that. So it'll be a two-night hunt. And then, uh, you know, if you stay in the ranch house, we'll furnish the food for you during that time frame. Or you have the option to stay in the cabin which is the kind of the uh, economy package, and uh, you furnish your own food there. And it's just it, it, it's a nice cabin, but it's a little bit more 
cozy. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's just a one-room cabin. Sure. That's what that is. And but, uh, with, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Well, it's just, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty well the same type package, you know, a two-day hunt or two-night hunt, and uh, the pricing is going to run about the same, nine fifty if you stay in the ranch house, seven fifty if you stay in the cabin, and, uh, you know, I'll guarantee you're going to see pigs. Absolutely. Alan Schaffner's our guest. Once again, it is Lone Star Hunts, LoneStarHunts.com. And when you give Alan a call at 940-636-1990, again, that's 940-636-1990. Be sure you mention Sportsman Colorado Radio, and he will take extra good care of you. And uh, one thing we're going to do a little bit here, Alan, with the thermal package here to kind of kick that off here is, uh, you know, even throwing a, a box of ammo for them. Yeah, that may really uh, ammo pretty. pretty <laughs> I'm you. Is, uh, I, I didn't realize it was that hard to get when we started, you know, stocking up on ammo. And, yep. and, and so, uh, if you come and use our guns, you're going to use our ammo. If you bring your own guns, you you can use use your own ammo there. But uh, with our guns, with our high quality guns that we have, you want to put, use good ammo. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very important factor. Because uh, you will not want to get out there and get gun jam up on some reloads. We won't use reloads; it'll be first run ammo. Absolutely, and uh, boy, it just presents a whole different dynamic. Um, again, hunting at night, um, you know, just makes it extra cool to me. <laughs> that and we got you know, there's safety rules. We got, we follow the safety rules, and you you got to follow the rules because uh, that's that it's important. You know, the uh, the factor the uh, Danger factor goes up quite a bit at night. Sure, so we got to make sure that we we follow the rules, and you'll have a guide. He'll take you out. He'll be with you. He'll he'll spot the hogs for you. He'll he'll pretty well just get you lined up ready to ready to shoot the hogs. And that's even during the daytime. Also, you'll have a guide if you come out. So you'll have one guide for your group who's running you around, taking you out, and we will get into pigs. This country is just man. Oh, as I said. Uh, this last hunt, you know, uh, there were some reports of 500 pigs. That's a lot of pigs. Wow. Uh, and I, I'm, it, it's hard to believe that, you know, over two nights they saw 500 pigs. Yeah, yeah. It was, like I said, just it was just phenomenal. Sure. So let's talk a little bit about uh, the the process. There are people that want to take, you know, take the meat back and all that. What should they bring? You just bring a little trailer with some coolers on them? Well, you don't need enough to have to bring a trailer. I recommend uh, that you bring uh, one, one equivalent to one of those large coolers, 125 quart coolers per person, okay. and uh, well, those will get packed full of meat, and you take them home. We'll skin quarter of the hogs, quarter them up for you. There's a small fee for that, but um, and we'll do that and get that pack, packed in your ice chest and take it home to your, your local processor. I mean, you said you've got a real good process. Yeah, we do. Steve's Meat Market here, and they did a great job uh, with ours, uh, you know, a couple of years ago. Man, just really, really good job with it. You know, just, you know, trying to leave the meat here and getting it shipped back up to you, it just really gets costly. Sure. So it's best off to uh, just take it home with you and use your own process that you're comfortable with. Yeah, and you got a great cooler right there for everybody. I mean, a, a large walk-in cooler where you guys, you know, you yes. can store it there and keep it good and cold for us till we get ready to leave, too. But I mean, it, it, this is a blast. I mean, you—if you, you've never done the thermal type hunting or night hunting, 
uh, you just, it's hard to explain. It just it gets into a different element. Yeah. Everybody's done the daytime hunting and all that, but this just steps into a whole different world. And uh, it's a little bit more precision type shooting, too. Sure. To some degree, and it's just all out shoot, shoot out, too. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, let's talk a little bit about um, uh, the availability of weekends or during the week. I mean, you, you're, you can be kind of flexible with people there as well. Or just a regular daytime hunt. Now, we're getting pretty tight going in after the first of the year. I got a couple of dates available, uh, one in January and one in, in February. That's a weekend time hunt. Um, so I'm pretty well booked on my day hunts, but we can, we do have plenty of room. Because we're just now opening up the thermal type hunt, the thermal hunts, so we do have a little bit, a lot more leeway that way. So we have those available, uh, just because we haven't booked them, uh, hadn't had hadn't advertised that yet. So okay, um, but but our daytime hunts, we're we're booked for the first year pretty well, um, and uh, we we got a good hunting season coming up here for too long. Yep, absolutely. Well, once again, it is LoneStarHunts.com. Give Alan a call. Be sure you mention you heard him here on the show, and I promise you, promise you, uh, this will be one of the best hunts you will ever go on considering hog hunting, 940-636-1990. And, Alan, I was trying to think of all the people that, you know, I've been involved with of sending down there. I can't think of anybody that's been down there that hasn't rebooked with you for the next year before they even left. That, that's what makes it really difficult for booking new bookings. Is you know everybody rebooks the same weekend they had typically, yep. and uh, so that that hard that hurts me to some degree. But I'm full, so what's the deal? You know, you just got to book in advance. I mean, we're already booking. I hate to say this, but we're booking into 2022 already. Wow, that, I mean, that's a long ways off. But sure, that's what we got to do. I mean, uh, that oh, 2022, boy, that's just I don't even sound right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no. I know it, man. But well, I'm ready to get out of 2020. Boy, who, so we are too. It's been a we crazy are. Year. Crazy it, year. It sure has. So I'm telling you, you want some relief from the COVID drama going on, the election, all the different things. Go down and breathe some good Texas air and uh, go see Alan and Luke. Uh, Cole down there at Lone Star Hunts, and I'm telling you, it is an exciting, fun hunt. And and to be honest, I have not done the, the nighttime deal yet because we just got this going. So I'm looking forward to doing that as well. And Down here in a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Phoenix Weaponry, man, we are looking forward to, uh, you know, Aaron uh, being on with us here quickly, too, to talk about their hunt. And, um, Alan, I'm telling you, it's just a great thing. And, man, I'm so glad our paths crossed several years back at the International Sportsman's Expo. It's been a great relationship and glad to have Aaron in our fold now. And it's just going to be more and more fun every year here. Look us up on Facebook, on Lone Star Hunts, uh, on Facebook. And there's pictures out there. um, And you'll kind of see what the thermal hunt's going to be and you kind of have an idea of what our daytime hunts will look like on, on our Facebook page, Lone Star Hunts. Yep, Lone Star Hunts. All right, and you can follow them, and you can follow us as well, Sportsman Colorado Radio, and we repost a lot of their postings as well. So, Alan, hey, man, as always, we appreciate it, and, uh, man, we look forward to seeing you soon, sir. Sounds good. Thank you, Scott. All right, that's Alan Schaffner, Lone Star Hunts, LoneStarHunts.com, 940-636-1990. Be sure you mention you heard them here on Sportsman of Colorado. We'll be right back. 
Hi, this is Scott Watley once again to talk about one of my favorite stores, the Outdoorsman's Attic. If you're looking for great deals on your outdoor gear, head on over to the Outdoorsman's Attic. From waterfowl gear, decoys, ice fishing to big game hunting, they've got you covered. If you've got some gear you just don't use anymore, take it over to the attic and they will sell it for you. They've also got guns and ammo. If your firearm needs a little work, see Scott the Gunsmith and let him know you heard about him here on Sportsman of Colorado. Hunting, fishing, and camping gear at tremendous savings, all at the Outdoorsman's Attic, located at 2650 West Hamden. Stop paying retail and get to the Outdoorsman's Attic. Here's why you need personal injury attorney Kevin Flesh on your side. He understands how the jury thinks. In the context of a personal injury case where you have been hurt by someone else's negligence, the idea with that is that you're then going to try to recover to get back to where you were just prior to that incident occurring. And what that really means from a juror's perspective is that you're going to be asking them to award you money. So when we talk about fairness, we're talking about what six people that don't know you, that hear evidence and have to make a unanimous decision will decide as to what fair value is. And so you and I, when we get hurt, have definitely an idea of what we think it's worth to us. But the question is, what can you articulate to those other individuals who don't know you and are not involved in this process to get them persuaded about what it is that they think the case is worth? Call now for a free consultation. 303-806-8886. Flesh and Beck Law. They get results. Is your vision stopping you from enjoying your outdoor activities? Hi, this is Scott Watley for Stack Optical. Get by Stack Optical today and check out the Stack Sports Pack. One great frame where you can easily interchange the lenses to the tent you need for golf, bike riding, shooting, fishing, and yes, even driving. Stack Optical, family owned and operated. They're fully staffed and ready to help you with all of your optical needs. From eye exams, glasses, contacts, and yes, even repairs. And rest assured, Stack Optical has taken every precaution to ensure your safety and that you have a clean environment. 2233 South Monaco Parkway. 303-321-1578. Call them now. 303-321-1578. StackOptical.com. And remember, at Stack Optical, you'll see the difference. Rush to Reason with John Rush. Weekdays from 3 to 7 on KLZ 560. Welcome back to Sportsman of Colorado. Again, thank you so much for joining us. And just want to remind you once again, if you miss our live show here on Saturdays from 1 to 2, you can catch us twice on Sundays, 8 to 9 a.m. or 7 to 8 p.m. And hopefully one of those times will work out for you. Well, we just finished up with Alan Schaffner of Lone Star Hunts, and you heard the name Aaron Casey and Phoenix Weaponry. So I thought we'd uh, end up today's show with Aaron from Phoenix Weaponry. So, Aaron, thanks for being with us, bud. Anytime. All right. Well, Man, I shed a few tears looking at your pictures down there and knowing you guys are going to Texas without me because uh, I'm telling you, uh, and I mean this, this is one of my favorite hunts of the whole year that uh, I do is Lone Star hunts and hog hunting, and I'm glad we got to experience it together last year and all. But uh, yeah. tell us a little bit about what you guys uh, did down there. Uh, what we did is we uh, got a couple of guys from Pulsar to come down, site Mark, um, down there. So we actually had the, the director of global marketing for the company, a uh, guy who writes for Hog Hunter, Ballistic, and a couple other magazines down there, and also uh, the director of operations from those guys all hang out with us, and then we got together with Alan and his sons, 
um, and Luke and Cole. And so then we kind of packed up, got everything ready to go, and went out on the Can-Ams in the middle of the night and cruised fields. And uh, Luke and Cole got us on, I mean, just herds of like hundreds of pigs. <laughs> yeah. uh, the videos are crazy. I mean, there's just pigs everywhere. Wow. You know, we get all set up on them and, you know, we took some shots at them, you know, put some down. Um, you know, they're, they're tough. I, mean, I tell you, they are tough animals. Run, you know, we're shooting at about a hundred and some yards on them. You know, we try to get sneak as close as we possibly could uh, with the size crew that Alan and Cole were uh, and uh, Luke were putting up with. It was hard to get that many people that close, get everybody all set up and all ready to go. So most of our shots were at a hundred uh, minimum. But you know, with the pulsars, we could actually, you know, pretty much see an eyeball. So, but then sometimes there are so many pigs that you can't pick out which part of pig, what pig is what pig. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's just like, right. It's just big. And, y- and y'all got one over two hundred pounds, I think, right? Uh, we got two over two hundred pounds. Oh wow! Um, and yeah, I mean, they have access to you know great ranch lands out there, and all of it was very close to their house, so we didn't have to travel very far. I've been on thermal night hunts down in Texas with other outfitters at different times, and and you could spend six eight hours in the pickup truck, you know. Yeah, and that's no fun. And we went ten fifteen minutes max uh, <laughs> right. in a can am. You know, bombing down the dirt roads and pile out and head on into the field. But I think everybody had a good time. We put down well over 20 pigs. I managed to grab one on the run during the daytime. And, of course, it's on camera, the big red blood spot, you know, right where you're supposed to shoot them. And it just took off on me and left. Oh, man. Wow. <laughs> the secret stuff, you put a pig down, you think you're all good. You're watching it, you're watching it, you're watching it. It gets up, you send another one, it drops down again. And then, you know... uh I forgot who called ceasefire. I think Luke called ceasefire. And so I'm watching it, and this huge pig comes running out of the woods, circles in, and kind of like goes over the pig, runs past the pig that I put down. The pig jumps up and runs into the woods behind the other one. I'm like, oh, oh my come goodness. on. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Now, you built them a couple of weapons, and uh, Al and I, we were just talking, and he's going to, you know, they're going to open that up for some customers to use. and. Uh, have to use their ammo because, uh, as I told him, he's running Ferraris now. So you got to shoot good ammo uh, through yep. this. But uh, what would you build for them? Uh, we built two 18-inch patrol rifles. They're called our Sarahs. Uh, we also did a little custom engraving on the side of it. I found a cool-looking uh, boar's head for to engrave on the side of it along with their logo. Did our fractured earth uh, camo pattern. And then um, we're going to uh, – they have – you know, three silencers on order. So once they get their FFL and their uh, SOT, then what's going to happen is they're going to be our uh, NFA and firearms dealer down there in Texas. So they're going to be one of our new dealers. So then when you go buy guns from them, but we have our stuff. And we also built a integral suppressed 22250 for Luke. And then I think uh, Jordan's going to give the 22250, and we'll find out what Cole has in mind. But they'll have two or three suppressed integral suppressed weapons. Uh, two of our big uh, large frame 308 rifles with suppressors on it. So it's all thermal suppressed night hunting. It's it's good times. Absolutely. Again, Aaron Casey's our guest, Phoenix Weaponry. Check out their website, phoenixweaponry.com. And if you get a chance, go up and Bertha there to check out their uh, showroom as well as uh, where all the magic is done. A uh, great facility there. And Aaron, um, ammo, man, I'm telling you, um, we've been through a few runs. (laughs) We've we've been through a few runs like this, but man, I'm telling you, it is, 
it is really, really hard to find ammo right now. It was very difficult to find enough ammo to go out and do the, the prairie dog shoot up here in Colorado with uh, the guys from St. Mark and uh, Pulsar. We barely found enough ammo to go do that. And then to run down to Texas, um, you know, there's just, there's just none. Uh, Hornaday was nice enough to uh, hook up a few of us with some uh, some, some rounds, but even that's starting to kind of run low. But yeah, we barely had enough ammunition to do do what we needed to do out there. Absolutely. And uh, you mentioned your suppressors. Let's talk about that a minute. Um, what are you seeing on, on getting those back, and is it still running um, pretty close to a year? And I know every once in a while you get one back, but it's, that's what most people need to count on, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I usually tell people nine months. We had a couple lately come in about seven. Uh, we've had an oddball come back in under what was it? I think we had one come back in thirty days, and that makes I've never seen that before. I don't know what was, but I would never ever count that as the normal. Mm-hmm. But I count at least nine months. Um, but you know, it's kind of the, the government's um, timeline there. Yeah, absolutely. And so, what are you looking at? Somebody wants to come in there and. Uh, uh, Build a good rifle with you, and um, and and you're also man. Like I say, these integral suppressed uh, things are just. I think those are going to be huge for you. Yeah, I'm really enjoying. It. I can't wait to get you your two. I know, me either. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the three hundred. Six point five, about yeah, three hundred mag. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. You can shoot that thing without your mouth. <laughs> wow. Um, but yeah, we got uh, decimal meter. Um, unfortunately, got got during one of our testing sessions, and so we had to buy some parts for it, get it recalibrated. But some initial testing, we were showing very, very, very good numbers, well beyond standard suppressor uh, numbers. So we're looking forward to getting that thing calibrated, and I can actually start publishing some numbers that I'm, you know, positive of instead of, you know, I'm pretty positive. So right, yeah, yeah, I like to be exact. So, and you've also got uh, you introducing a is it three hundred short mag. Yep. Yep, 300 Winchester short mag in one of our large frame ARs. Wow! So it brings a it brings a, a solid hit to stuff. Um, Kevin uh, Reese, who uh, writes for Hog Hunter and Ballistic and several other magazines, he was out there using. He's going to do a big article on it for us. Um, so he put down a bunch of pigs with it, and uh, they don't get back up. It's right in the territory of the, you know, that 4570 auto of ours, where it just they go down, they stay down. Sure. Uh, yeah, this trip we pretty much stayed with uh, 308s, but uh, because we're selling out of the 4570 auto faster, we can make it. So wow, <laughs> people order enough thousand rounds at a time now. <laughs> Man, wow! Any shows coming up? I know everything's just been so crazy this year, but is there anything that, yeah. at least right now, that's on the calendar? Or we should have a show the 21st, 22nd of this month at the Loveland Outlet Malls with the PE gun shows. I think it's the only gun show going right now. I heard a rumor of one down in the springs a while ago, but we weren't able to make that one. Okay. All right. That'll be pretty much the only show on the radar right now. Yeah. All right, bud. Well, again, it is Phoenix Weaponry, phoenixweaponry.com, and I hope you'll uh, get down and see Aaron. And, uh, boy, I tell you, if you're wanting to uh, get you a new firearm for Christmas, uh, man, go down there and let Aaron them make you a precision firearm. And if you've already got something, you want to dress it up a little bit. And uh, they've also got gunsmithing available and all the Cerakoting, all of that, everything you can do right there at one place. And that is Phoenix Weaponry. So, Aaron, man, we appreciate your time very much. And uh, uh-huh. I'm going to try to run down there and see you here in a little bit. Yeah, that sounds good. All right, man. Thank you so all much. Right.
everybody. All right. I want to thank all of our guests today, Dan Prinslow. Director of Colorado Parks and Wildlife, and then Alan Schaffner, of course, Lone Star Hunts. And again, Alan's number, 940-636-1990, LoneStarHunts.com. Ask for your Sportsman of Colorado Radio special there with Alan and Aaron Casey, Phoenix Weaponry, PhoenixWeaponry.com. Hope you have a great rest of your weekend. Leave it right here on KLZ 560. expressed on KLZ 560 are those of the speaker, commentators, hosts, their guests, and callers. They are not necessarily the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting or KLZ Management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country station.